Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and I'm sitting here with Thomas Patrick Dorian. Hello, Deacon Jeff. How are you doing, Tom? Fantastic. How are you? Um, I'm doing fine, except we're a little lonely here in the it's luxurious quieter. corner booth. Have you that? Yes, because uh, Ziggy is not here. I know. You know, interestingly, he's always trying to better himself. I know. And uh, he has found his way to another really cool conference, and this is it's it's interpretive whale song. How do you do that? I wonder. I don't know, but uh, that I gave, sounds really cool. Uh, you swim with whales and you like learn what they're saying. Or I can see him doing he that. He told me the, the the seminar he was especially excited about was the one that was going to be like whale song haiku. You know, <laughs> so that I don't know. I'm, I don't know. We'll have to see when he gets back what that's like. Uh, but anyway, uh, that'll be great. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that said, here we find ourselves um, amidst. Um, the beginning of Holy Week. Yes. And this is always, uh, I just, I love this time of year. It's Liturgically, it? I just, I love it. Uh, and uh, so when Pretty this. busy for you too, I would imagine. Uh, this show is airing on Palm Sunday. Yeah, it is busy. Yep. It's it's very busy. Uh, but I, it's a it's a kind of a fun busy. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. Like, you know, you've been through. It's like the Super Bowl, man. Right, exactly. But imagine working the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, right. If you were if you were like uh, if oh, you were a like a, a beer vendor at the Super Bowl, yeah, it's a frenzy. Yeah, and but you'd be part of it. You'd be you're you're right. doing stuff. It's not just right. like all the going and the coming. It's like you're in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever put on a wedding, if you've done a wedding, you know, there's just something about all the act. It never seems to stop. Yeah, but and it's then kind all of a beautiful you look around, thing. Turn around and it's over. Yeah, but the, I hope you you, you take a, a moment to look around and say like, ah, I like being here. Right. Right. That's usually, hopefully, that's what you experience in a wedding. Oh yeah. You had a we had a whole show about your about your wedding experience. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, yeah, up in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Saint Paul. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a an ordeal. You folks oh. need to listen to that. That's an interesting oh, show. No, it's terrible. Uh, but uh, but but Palm Sunday is the beginning of all this. It's mm-hmm. the traditional. It's the beginning of Holy Week. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you know it's interesting. A lot of people. I think, and I said when I say a lot of people, I usually mean myself in my younger days. Right. So just so we're clear, I'm not pointing fingers, but I, I think uh, myself in my younger days used to totally overlook Palm Sunday. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of cared about Easter. I knew it wasn't going to go to that really long mass mm-hmm. that I'd heard about, mm-hmm. uh, and I certainly didn't have any kind of uh, uh, drive to right. go and participate in the in the paschal triduum when i was a younger man so younger meaning like pre-conversion or reversion no, i'm talking about like two years ago <laughs> <laughs> no 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 yes yes prior to my sort of reversion okay. you know so so uh but but even so even after my reversion it was like a kid in Candyland. i was discovering all these neat things right about the church that i didn't know mm-hmm. um and so I, I all these things started to get revealed to me and i and i so participated more deeply but it but as a younger man especially like going you know just coming out of college oh yeah i wasn't really going to participate in this stuff and so palm sunday to me was called palm sunday because you got a free palm right right and we and we, and we used to make fun i remember we, we you've heard the old thing about uh you know a and p catholics 
A&P. An A&P Catholic is someone who just comes on Ash Wednesday and Palm Sunday. Because you get like free things, you get you get <laughs> gifts, you get parting gifts, right? Yes. And and you know, and I'm not saying it's bad to get ashes or palms. I think those are wonderful things. But that's all I really saw there. Okay. Right. And I didn't understand the the deep theological, the profound meaning of of Palm Sunday mm-hmm. back then. So I thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of a show uh, and talk about some of that stuff that goes on on Palm Sunday, so that. As you uh, enjoy your Palm Sunday, uh, maybe it's too late. Maybe you've already been to Mass, and you. And, but maybe you can compare notes or what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but at least going forward, you can stop and think like, this is supposed to be special. Right. Because how often do we go to church and we're kind of rushed? And even those of us in um, who are in the, in the uh, who are the worker bees in church? Right, clergy and the oh, people yeah. who are working in the parish, you know, even we get tempted to like shorten things to kind of make it abbreviated, to kind of let's get to the thing, let's can we just we don't drag this out, don't make it too overly big, whatever. And but you know, there's a part of me now that goes like, there's a reason for all this. Mm-hmm. We need to play it up big. I don't mean to make it overly dramatic and theatrical. I just mm-hmm. mean, you know, read what the church yeah, intends, due. do it, and make it a make it right, mm-hmm. right. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to focus really on the the Palm Sunday procession. Okay. You know, and a lot of people are like, "What? Yeah, the Palm Sunday procession. You've heard about it. You may even been in one or seen it. You know, you show up at your parish, and you get there just barely in time, and all of a sudden you look around. And it's like no one's in the pews. Where are they? Oh, they're all outside, or they're next door in the uh, uh, the the school cafeteria or whatever, and they're going to process into the church." Mm-hmm. And you're like, really? I'll just sit here. Right. I don't really want to go do all that big. They're going to end up here anyway, so we already got good seats. Let's just stay here. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I get that, uh, but there's something profound about that procession mm-hmm. that a lot of people theologically don't really uh, grasp, I think, unless you're actually in it. Right. You know, and you're, you're witnessing firsthand, you're participating in what that procession is. Um, and and it, it, we read, like this year we're going to read from the Gospel of Matthew. You have a choice of Matthew or John. Um, and so before the Mass starts, right, before Palm Sunday Mass starts, there's actually a blessing of the palms that takes place, but there's a reading uh, from Matthew that kind of lays out what's getting ready to happen in the procession. Mm-hmm. And it's it's beautiful. So it's Matthew chapter 21, starting at verse 1. When they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find an ass tethered and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them here to me. And if anyone should say to you, reply, The master has need of them. Then he will send them. Then he sent. Uh, I'm sorry. Then he will send them at once. This happened so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Say to daughter Zion, Behold, your king comes to you, meek and riding on an ass and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the ass and the colt and laid their cloaks over them, and he sat upon them. The very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and strewed them on the road. The crowds preceding him and those following kept crying out and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken and asked, Who is this? And the crowds replied, This is Jesus the prophet 
from Nazareth in Galilee. And so that's uh, that's the text from um, the New American Bible, uh, mm-hmm. from which our lectionary will pull uh, the words, and, and pretty much all that, with the exception of those last two lines, will be read there that morning. And it sort of sets the stage mm-hmm. for these for these palm branches, right? And this essentially Palm Sunday it it, um, it commemorates the triumphant um, entrance of Christ, right. the Christ. Right. right, the coming of the Messiah, triumphantly entering into Jerusalem, right, and it also for us as Catholics marks the beginning of of Holy Week and right. sort of the end of Lent, right. So mm-hmm. it's all coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the last week of Lent, and it's really the the preparations that lead us up into the Paschal Triduum, and then certainly the Easter season. So it's a really it's a really uh, powerful thing. What's beautiful is we get to see. Like you hear in that reading, you know, the people are like, it's it's kind of weird because the people are like, are cheering him on, mm-hmm. that he is the king, he's the Messiah, right? And everyone's shouting hosannas to him. Oh, yeah. And then like, in just a few days. They're laying palms before him. Yeah, but in just a few days, they're going to kill him. Oh, I know. Right, so the people of Jerusalem don't, and there's there's some separate groups. Like, so some people came with him. They're shouting Hosanna and uh, Hosanna, rather, and they're they're you know they're lauding him and and whatever. And then the people around going like, what what is going on? Who is this guy? Mm-hmm. It's like that's Jesus. He's the one. Mm-hmm. He's the dude. He's the Messiah. He's the one. Now I'm just paraphrasing. They didn't say dude back then. <laughs> uh, his dudeness. It would not surprise me. No, that's right. But that said, you know they're doing that, and uh, and it, so it's really a joyful occasion because it's like finally mm-hmm. the king is going to be crowned. Right. Now the sort of interesting bittersweet moment here, though, is we know. Right? Maybe they didn't what know at the time. The yeah, exactly. And really, these are these are, these are the last of his earthly days of ministry. Right. Right. So this is sort of the the beginning of the end when it comes to his his earthly ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. Jesus's presence here uh, on earth, but because he's he knows he's going to his death. Right. And that, and that's a that's a really that's a really powerful image and uh to know this um for us to know it and we we celebrate this every year mm-hmm. and to we need to f- like fully understand the the deep theological the profoundly theological spiritual meaning of all this mm-hmm. so if we show up late to mass think like well you know they're doing that procession so we don't need to go see that we don't need to participate in that's like you want to be one of those members of the crowd. Yep. You want to be singing the hosannas, mm-hmm. right? Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, son of David, mm-hmm. right? You you want to be part of that because you want to welcome the king into what the king is coming into his own in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. right? It's to be to be essentially uh, enthroned, right? Now again, they didn't realize it was going to be a cross, right? But you want to participate in that. Mm-hmm. So so don't overlook the importance of this. Uh, don't get fooled into thinking like, eh, we just need to kind of move on out and uh, just get there quick. Yeah, we'll, we'll get better seats at Perkins if we can get out of here sooner. Right. You know, and 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 the reality is the best way for us to, to start our Lenten, uh, you know, end our Lent and start Holy Week is to put ourselves into that Triumphal return uh, of G or so return the triumphal uh, marching into Jerusalem. Yeah, 
Jump in and participate. Yeah, uh, exactly. And that's something that I think is powerful. And uh, speaking of participating, uh, I want to I start going through now what happens in this procession. But I can't do that uh, until uh, my wife wants to participate. She wants to say something nice. Arguably the, be- the best part of the, the show. The best part of the show is when my, my wife comes on and talks. And go. so we're going to let her talk. But before we do that, I do want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And if you'd like to find out more about Palm Sunday, stay with us because we'll be right back. And this is another great moment in church history. In 1904, a humble religious brother named Blessed André Bassett began building a shrine in honor of St. Joseph in Montreal, Canada. Brother André was born into a family of ten children. He said his great devotion to St. Joseph came from the example of his father and the teaching of his mother. His father was a lumberjack who died in a tragic accident when Andre was only nine. His mother died three years later of tuberculosis, which left all ten children as orphans. When Andre was only 12 years old, he was forced to leave school and travel in order to find work. He wandered from job to job and eventually ended up in the United States as a textile worker. He was a diligent worker and excelled at his trade, even though he was in poor health. In 1870, he returned to Canada and applied to enter the Congregation of the Holy Cross in Montreal. With some reluctance, the superiors of the order agreed to accept him and assigned him the menial tasks in the community. Just as St. Joseph said yes to God's call and obediently consented to Christ's mission of salvation, Blessed André carried out his duties with a spirit of obedience and joy, even though they were the most humbling and tedious of tasks. His superiors kept a close eye on him, wondering if they had made a mistake in accepting him to the order. Brother Andre said, When I entered the community, my superior showed me the door, and I remained there for 40 years without leaving. Blessed Andre began to greet the physically and emotionally troubled who came to visit his community. For nearly 25 years, he received visitors for six to eight hours a day. His reputation for healings and cures became widespread. He did not like being known as a miracle worker. He once said, People are silly to think that I can perform miracles. It is God and St. Joseph who can heal you, not I. In today's modern culture, St. Joseph stands as a model for all Christian fathers. He emulates what it means to protect, provide, and nurture a Christian family. Knowing this, Brother Andre said, When you invoke St. Joseph, you don't have to speak much. You know your Father in Heaven knows what you need. Well, so does his friend, St. Joseph. Today, the Shrine to St. Joseph, built by Brother Andre, is now a magnificent basilica that thousands of pilgrims visit each year. They come seeking the same healing and renewal thousands received from Blessed Andre during his life. I'm Bess Drozimski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And I am Deacon Jeff, and we are sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm sitting here with Tom Dorian, and we, yes, are, we, are. we are talking about the Palm Sunday procession. Good stuff. Right? Bring on 
Holy Week. Jump in. Yes. Uh, and so uh, let's talk about the parts and the pieces of the procession and why. Um, one of the things we'll talk about is it's called Palm Sunday because mm-hmm. people, uh, this is actually started in Palm Springs. I'm just kidding. It wasn't. Uh, no, because uh, you know, because people laid palms down before that, right, right. So as he, he would walk over, so they said right. they cut tree branches. Well, the trees there were palm trees, right? So they cut these palm branches uh, down, and, the, and and so why palm branches and why Palm Sunday? You know, the palm is a symbol of victory, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, it's it's beautiful because. Uh, if you look at this palm, where the palms appear in Scripture, um, you, you'll see this, this sort of triumphant, victorious thing going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we read from the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, um, this, is, uh, this is the vision, this is John's apocalyptic vision of the, 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 the church of, of heaven, mm-hmm. right? The new Jerusalem. And he says, after this, I had a vision of a great multitude, which no one could count, from every nation, race, people, and tongue. They stood before the throne and before the Lamb, wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, salvation comes from our God, who is seated on the throne and from the Lamb. And again, you sort of like sense that's what's happening Mm -hmm. here. And so we see this connection between these palm branches and between Jesus being victorious. Right. Right. And also, have you ever heard the the, the, the phrase, the martyr's palm? So, yeah. So a lot of uh, images of the martyrs, when they were painting, would have, they'd be holding a palm branch. And that was a sign that they were a martyr. Okay. Because so uh, you, you saw a theological connection with this palm. So if it's if it, it symbolized victory, and really from a theological standpoint, the palm symbolized especially like the victory of spirit over flesh. In other words, dying for your faith. Right. Right. So to be martyred, uh, you would have the martyr's palm. Okay. Right. So when we have these palms, that's what this is symbolizing. Um, this is the, the, the victory of the Christ. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, it's going to be his victory over death once and for all um, in that crucifixion and that resurrection that takes place. So that's why that's an important thing. But then also stop and think about, you know, if this great military leader, you know, this Jesus, this king was going to come and finally ransom the people of Israel and, and set everyone free and make this, uh, you know, big triumphant uh, liberation, I mean, certainly he's going to come riding on some big old horse, you know, with, uh, uh, with all these armies around him. Instead, how does he come? He comes riding in on an ass. Yeah, meek and humble, riding on an ass. Right, right. right. He's riding. So he's riding a, a, a donkey. Uh, now, th- so that is symbolic, though, of a king entering victorious, though, isn't it not? Well, it is, except it's countercultural. So the king would come in on a big, big, big war horse. Okay. Right, but a donkey wouldn't. The king wouldn't come in. Okay. I mean, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. I mean. Meek and humble, so so the donkey is a sign of humility, the the a beast of burden, mm-hmm. right? Whereas the the war horse, the the great stallion, charge. you know, that's the guy with the big white horse, you know, in the in the armor that's going to triumphantly come into the town and you know you know win the battle, right? right? Well, this is Jesus who's going to win the battle in a different way. So he comes in now. Also, there's a there's a prophecy from the uh, prophet uh, Zechariah that's that's mentioned there in in um, in in uh, Matthew that we read, and I'll, I'll read it again, but this is straight out of 
um, uh, the proper prophet, the book of uh, the prophet Zechariah, the ninth verse of the ninth chapter. Rejoice heartily, O daughter Zion. Shout for joy, O daughter Jerusalem. See, your king shall come to you. A just savior is he, meek and riding on an ass, on a colt, the foal of an ass. Um, and by the way, we've said ass more times than I can count <laughs> in this show. Please don't be offended. I'm just reading scripture to you. You know we're talking about donkeys here, just so we're all clear. Uh, but that being said, uh, you know, Jesus riding in on a donkey essentially is a sign of his humility. Okay. Right, his willingness to 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 essentially be put to death mm-hmm. for us, mm-hmm. and therefore be the true King of Kings. Right, so I mean, I just love that Palm Sunday is filled with all these, and this coming in on a donkey. There's all this sort of contrarian or even ironic symbols. Mm-hmm. You know, you just Tom, you're not going to be scared if some warrior shows up riding a donkey. No, that's not very intimidating. Sounding. No, it's not. It's like, you know, and, and Eeyore, oh, bother. You know, he's gonna, it's just not going to be uh, very scary. But again, if Jesus is countercultural, mm-hmm. right, then what's happening is, you know, he, he, he's going to be the answer. He's a savior, right? The answer to all our ills. And he is truly the, 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 the true king of kings, mm-hmm. right? But... He arrives in peace, right? These palm branches also kind of symbolize peace, and but not through uh, war, you know, over nations, mm-hmm. right? That's not. He doesn't arrive that way. Think about the very first words Jesus uses when he sees his apostles in the upper room after the resurrection, right? When he when he's out of the tomb and they're peace like, "Peace be with you." Peace be with you. He, he brings peace. He's the bringer of peace, and, and, and that's the way we need to see him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is a, a very countercultural kind of thing to do, and that's why, again, now, there won't be any donkeys at your, hopefully at your, uh, your procession uh, on that Palm Sunday. Cool. Yeah, except there might be a mess, you know, and, and, and a little too much, a little, little too theatrical. Uh, but then also one of the beautiful things about this uh, is when they sing, the, the, the chant, when they're singing the hosannas, mm-hmm. right? And these people are singing hosannas along the way. Uh, and there's lots of really cool stuff um, that's going on. Hosanna, I mean, in, in the in the Latin, Greek, and and in the Aramaic, mm-hmm. right? The the words that that lead to that that sort of anglicized word Hosanna that we say. I think in 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 Aramaic it's uh, Oshane. You know, I think I probably you just, hope. I said you have a lovely hippopotamus <laughs> in Aramaic. I don't know why I said that, but anyway. There, there's a beautiful connection. So that word actually literally means savior or save us mm-hmm. or uh, you know rescue us, mm-hmm. and it's used in scripture that way, mm-hmm. right? Rescue us, but but it came sort of a triumphant shout of of the rescuer when he arrives, mm-hmm. Hosanna, Hosanna, you know, and that's what that's what we're shouting, that's what we're singing, uh, lauds and praises uh, to Jesus, the the, the savior. Mm-hmm. But there's also something else going on with this with this Hosanna and our singing Hosanna. Okay. And that is the answer of, an, of, a, of another uh, uh, great image from the Passover that takes place. If we read uh, in the book of Exodus back in the 12th chapter, we find some very particularly important things about, uh, about the... Uh, about the Passover, mm-hmm. right? That are supposed to take uh, supposed to take place here. Um, if if you read, it says 
Um, tell the whole, this is uh, the 12th chapter of Exodus, uh, verse starting at verse 3. Tell the whole community of Israel, on the 10th of this month, every one of your families must procure for itself a lamb, one apiece for each household. We skip to verse 5. The lamb must be a year old male and without blemish. You may take it from either the sheep or the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month, and then with the whole assembly of Israel present, it shall be slaughtered during the evening twilight. I mean, that's an image of the crucifixion right right there, Mm -hmm. right? Jesus is the lamb. Mm -hmm. So the crucifixion takes place at the time of Passover on the 14th day of the month. Mm -hmm. Palm Sunday, the original Palm Sunday, his triumphant ride into Jerusalem takes place on the the 10th day. Right. So what the people are doing is they're actually, by shouting the hosannas and pointing at Jesus, they're actually picking the lamb for slaughter. Wow. They're actually choosing the perfect unblemished lamb. They don't even know that's what they're doing. Wow. Right? So you see that connection, and it's like th- that That hopefully will, will make your your Palm Sunday really, really special. Oh, yeah. Right? And uh, this this idea of um, Jesus coming in, this, this is launching on, this is launching Holy Week. Mm-hmm. Right? And and I know we're shouting, hooray, the, the Messiah is here, the King is here. Um, but we also have to understand what's what he's getting ready to encounter, right? Right, and the battle that's going to be fought and won is one that is a, a, a gruesome death, right? It's going to be suffering and death, and then in that great mystery, the resurrection. Then we're going to see the triumph totally and fully lived out. So the big question is, like, are we? This this is what kicks off Holy Week, mm-hmm. and so we need to ask ourselves about this Palm Sunday and every Palm Sunday afterwards. How are we, how are we uh, uh, processing into Holy Week? Right. How, is this procession that we experience at Mass on Palm Sunday? Is that gonna? Are we gonna literally process in with Jesus? Are we gonna hold our branches and wave them high and say Hosanna, fully knowing what He's going to encounter? Essentially, starting Holy Thursday, mm-hmm. going into Good Friday, and then triumphing. In the, in the resurrection, starting at the Easter vigil, mm-hmm. right? The recognition of that resurrection. Where are we, right? Are we going to process? Uh, think about this year. We're processing out of COVID, oh, right? Yeah. Hopefully, that's going to, the tide is turning. And, but, but, but into the mystery of salvation. Mm-hmm. Like, let this be an opportunity for rebirth. So out of the death of COVID, into the mystery of victory, anticipating triumph through suffering, seeking joy through adversity. So let's make this Palm Sunday a special one for all of us. Amen. And let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us in this process. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.